to episode 197 of the All the Book Show, recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library, where we talk book news, author news, and literary news, but never, ever sports. Never. We don't talk sports. I'm Eric Michaels. I'm Nick Gunning. What and are we talking about today? Today we're going to be talking about sports. No! <laughs> no, it's all right. Uh, so the FIFA Women's World Cup France uh, 2019 begins June 7th, runs through July 7th. So we were talking about what's going on in the world that we could talk about it. And of mm. course soccer yeah. as you when may, you say yes we're talking yeah are you talking about like this is a conversation you and your mirror have and then you but you still use the plural no you and me we were having this conversation we were talking about i yeah, don't remember future episodes <laughs> uh-huh. anyway uh as a uh, long time all the books listeners probably know i did play soccer in fifth and sixth grade uh shout out to coach husinga how would previous listeners know that i guess they just assumed <laughs> I guess they just assumed. <laughs> so, um, as you That's as you Star probably, Trek love and fool probably was on a sweet soccer team. <laughs> as you probably put together, uh, we're not very into sports. I mean, I guess you more are. You like football. I do. You like watching football. I like watching football. Yeah. I want to get into soccer, but maybe, I don't have any friends who ever want to get into maybe soccer. Maybe this will do it. Anyway. So it's a lonely, Women's World lonely Cup's goal. coming up. Soccer's in the air, and we thought, let's talk soccer. The problem is, neither one of us can claim an expertise in that. But uh-huh. I have a long-lost college friend oh. by the name of Chris Casali, oh. who is a soccer expert. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, he can shed some light on this topic right. that we don't know anything about. Yeah. So He can kick up some AstroTurf. Yeah. Yeah. Do they use that for a soccer field? I have fields? no idea. Or is it just playing grass? Maybe we could ask him because I don't know. Okay. I don't know. So it's been a minute since Chris and I have chatted, uh-huh. and now we're going to do it on mic about soccer books. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. This is this is how it this is how it happens. Yeah. This is how the magic happens. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about soccer later. You deserve a yellow card for friendship. Is that a soccer? It is. I I think it's okay. a negative thing though. A negative now that I've, thing. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. I don't deserve. Yeah. Okay. So I don't deserve a yellow card. <laughs> All right. Again. Things we can ask Chris yeah. later on. So, what, what are the different cards? We should have asked. Him I that. don't know. Yeah, we did not. We, All right, <laughs> let's open up our books. Take a look at the bookmarks. Uh, why don't you go first? That was the sound of a book. Would opening. you like to go first today? Yes, I was, but I was more concerned about the sound a book makes when it opens. If but that your was book is more... making that sound, <laughs> you, <laughs> need, you need to do more reading. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's just the book. All right. Well, I actually couldn't remember if I talked about this uh, last time. I'll, I'll remember. No, you won't. Okay. You don't even know who's here right now with you on mic. Chris? No. It's Eric. Oh, Eric. Eric. Yes, Eric. Eric. Yes. Long yeah. time co-host. Yes. I've been here since episode one. 197 episodes. Technically, we've done some non-numbered episodes. So we That's have true. done over 200 yeah. episodes at this point. But and we haven't done any episodes without the other one here. That's true. There's been some close calls. We have come close. There was one recently where you were super sick, and I, I thought was. I was going to have to just do something. Yep. It was getting close the to Gonzo Wednesday. The Gonzo Morning Show with Eric Mickles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of only 90s kids will understand this. Yeah. <laughs> but we didn't have to do that, Hal. Didn't have to. <laughs> so no. uh, I finished uh, X- I finished what counts as X-Men Volume 7. Oh, yes. I'm not actually reading the, f- reading the physical collection, okay. but I'm reading them on my Marvel Unlimited app. Got it. Uh, that way they're in color. Mm-hmm. As much as I love the Unlimited, uh, as much as I love the Essentials, yes, yes. they're in black and white. Yeah. Uh, which sometimes there are some artists where in black and white it just looks fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the artists, a couple of artists that came in later during the 80s for the X-Men, not not such artists. Sometimes it's really hard to track yeah. when you don't have the colors to kind of guide the, you. The sketchier the artist is, is. Sorry. This is the reason why I switched from Essential Spider-Man to trying to get uh, mm. the Marvel Masterworks through Inner right. Library loan. Same thing. I want okay. to see that color pop. Although... Ma- Marvel Masterworks Spider-Man are 90% text bubbles, so it didn't, <laughs> didn't really make a huge difference. Well, uh, I finished this 
this is post. I mean, this might be nonsense to a lot of people, but okay. this is post mutant massacre. Okay, uh, leads up to the fall of the mutants. Okay, a uh, lot of good stuff. I also read the corresponding X Factor ah. story that has uh, the old school X Men team teaming up. Yeah, because it was also part of the fall of mutant storyline. None of the storylines connect. They're okay. both just about bad things happening to mutants. Okay, uh, it's a big apocalypse storyline. Yeah. It's the first appearance of Angel becoming Archangel. Ooh, uh, that was really good. I that bet. I was surprised how much I liked that. I, I really? like X-Force. I read some Essential X-Force. Oh, yeah. I like the classic team. Yeah. But you know what? We're going to be talking all about the X-Men next week yeah. with the special guest star, Hillary Gunning. That's true. Uh, but I, I really have been enjoying these. These are, these are are This is right where I stopped because the Essential Collections either got too expensive or I was just doing other stuff so I couldn't be buying them. Um, and they're, they're just so... They're, it's, it's almost cliche to see, use edgy stories, but right. like coming off of like the John Byrne like Dark Phoenix Saga era and everything these are like these are they're very street level edgy stories the X-Men are on the run from the Marauders uh, it's a weird team lineup with Dazzler and Longshot and like Psylocke Dazzler. teamed up with Wolverine Storm and uh, Colossus it's it's just this like weird kind of mishmash of characters uh, hmm. fighting you know, what kind of seems like the characters you're describing are all the playable characters in the X-Men arcade game the, a lot of this team is what became uh, that, that I, group. I love that game. But next week, yeah. next week, we'll okay. talk about it. So anyways, uh, I'm glad I've, I'm reading this. This has always been an embarrassing gap in my X-Men reading. We've talked about it behind yeah. your back a Aww, little bit. guys. A little bit, a Stop. little bit. All right, I'll finish talking about the X-Men by talking about the next book I picked up. I started reading previously on X-Men, The Making of the Animated Series by uh -huh. Eric Lewald. Hey, don't you also have a podcast called Previously on X-Men? I sure do. All right. Uh, we'll have one of the hosts come from the uh, from that show for next from week. From the other I think. side, yeah. yeah. Um, but this is it's fun. It's it's I think it's self published. It has a textbook kind of feel to it. It's just about the creation and how uh, Marvel or how television studios did not want the X Men really? as a cartoon series because mm. it kept being pitched as like adult characters with actual problems and, and everybody was like, this sounds like a drama. This doesn't sound like it's going to get anybody yeah. and. It, it just didn't match with, like, the Transformers, G.I. Joe era of television. Those were adults. Yeah, but they weren't dealing with, like, my my dad kicked me out of the house because <laughs> I put true. my boyfriend in a coma there were some, through kissing. There, is, <laughs> <laughs> there were some interpersonal problems among yeah. the G.I. Joes, sure. but nothing to the level you're describing, yeah. yes. Um, and so that was just... And certainly, I what? mean, again, we should talk about this next okay. week, but when you when you compare it to the only other team thing going was Super Friends at the time, right. which was like, ha, 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 let's fight <laughs> yeah. the end. Yeah. So it was a big deal um, just just getting it on TV. And the woman who uh, who was working at Fox and really like pushed this show happening, apparently she had to like stake her job on it because she, she believed it was going to be a good cartoon and they were like, mm-mm. So she's like, oh, yeah? Wow. Well... My job's at risk now. All right. I also started reading Blue Mars. Kim Stanley Robinson. Yeah. Did you say Swiss Family Robinson? <laughs> I did not. Oh, I said that, okay. Kim Stanley Robinson. No, I am interested in this series, actually. Really? Yeah. A whole family washes up on a shore. <laughs> just have to make a go of I it. I can't handle this. I'm getting emotional whiplash. I'm sorry. Listen. <laughs> uh-huh. I am interested in Kim Stanley Mars series. <laughs> you said Kim Stanley Mars. <laughs> oh, you're All a right. monster. Sorry. Kim Swiss, Stan Swiss Family. Oh, Kim Stanley. Swiss Miss. I'm just going right. to fade into darkness <laughs> <Sorry>. now. <Yep. laughs> As missed. Yeah. Kim Stanley Robinson's yep. Blue Mars. King Stanhope Washington. It's the third book in the Red Mars series. So Red Mars, Green Mars, Blue Mars. Hmm. 
I don't know how the colors would change in that way, but uh, because red Mars, they land on Mars. Okay, they terraform a little bit, so it starts getting like lichen yeah. and moss on it. Yeah, and now it's becoming a water-based oh, planet cute. like Earth. That's not actually cute. now I am kind of more interested in this. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> this book is very... It's long. This yeah. is a long book. It's like Dune-sized. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh-huh. You're not a huge fan of these books. I'm not. They're they're interesting. The ideas in there are cool. The world building is cool. Mm-hmm. All these concepts are cool. The characters are the most unlikable characters you'll mm. ever... Re- I just want... Interesting. So it's no Battlefield Earth. What <laughs> it's, it opened up with a character who's been there since the beginning, and I just want them to die. I keep waiting. I'm wow. like, please, Kim Stanley Robinson, wow. kill this character. Just have something fall on them, you want crush them, them. I want them to be crushed in a way that it's slow, and they have to slowly realize that they were wrong the whole time. And right huh. when they say, wait, I was wrong, then they die. That's, That's how much I hate this character. You probably want to talk about that with a professional. You. Uh, not a professional librarian. No, a <laughs> professional <laughs> medical, psychological, but, psychiatric. Yes, I do hate these. The characters make it a chore, a chore. And I don't know if I should read his other books because there are some other books. 20, oh boy, what was it? 21, no, 2104. You're a monster. Oh, yeah, uh, I remember. The yeah. New York underwater yes. book. I wanted to read that, but if it's the same type of character writing, I just can't do it. Well, it's unlikely that he will have changed how he writes characters, right? I mean, that's kind of fundamental. People change. Maybe he had a divorce after writing these books, and oh, it and changed, changed how everything. he writes characters. Wow. So Okay. Michael Crichton had like five divorces. Well, I don't think you need to... <laughs> think you need to do that <laughs> but you can revisit our michael Crichton episodes yeah. back on soundcloud.com yeah. slash all the books we didn't talk about his divorces back then we didn't no, no we, we didn't talk didn't about talk his married life the next one will be michael Crichton <laughs> on a personal level yes yeah. uh i finished umbrella, umbrella academy oh, yeah. two or yeah. dallas as yeah. it's called it was good it's these are very standalone i mean they they it continues threads from the first book but you, it's a different story hmm. in this. But now I can watch the show. That's fun. The third volume comes out in September. He's fun been writing fact. these since like 2003 or something. I met Gerard Way at a conference once. Met him or saw him? Back. Well, I mean, I said hello. Did you shake hands? Yeah, I don't remember. Did you tell him you didn't like his music? No. Oh. I don't really know his music. My Chemical Romance, I, had I read. I, yeah, I had read his Doom Patrol mm-hmm. run. I don't really like Have it. Have you listened to Black Parade? I think no, that's him. There's I like, haven't. What's on set? No, no. Right. sorry. That's a bad. Anyway, this is Umbrella song. Academy, and we'll have the whole series here in the collection. We do. So I, oh, I also saw Godzilla, but not Godzuki. No, poor Godzuki. Yeah, I also saw Godzilla. Godzuki? No, just ah, uh, just Godzilla. Godzilla. Okay, with, yeah. With a Kyle Chandler getting a check performance. Yeah. And Bradley Whit- Whitford, you like yeah, him? Yeah, Bradley Whitford. I actually, if anybody came out of that looking good, I think it was Bradley Whitford. He was playing such a weirdo he character was. He that had some... I was not expecting from yeah. him. Yeah, Brad Whitford, of course, from things like The West Wing, <laughs> Studio 60, and yeah. other things. Get out not... recently for get me. Get out. That's right. There you go. Yeah. Get out. Um, no, please get out. Oh, Sorry. yeah. So this is Godzilla King of Monsters, technically a sequel yeah. to the 2014 Godzilla film. Yeah. I don't. Nick hadn't seen the 2014 Godzilla. Did film, not so know that they were connected. But yes, that they was are. a real surprise to me. Uh, it's also connected to the Kong Skull Island. Well, that movie I knew. Just came. That I knew. Well, if you didn't know, you would know after seeing this movie. Yeah. They had a lot of footage of Kong Skull Island. Yeah, but you might not. I guess they say Skull Island specifically mm. in there yeah. at one point. I yeah. didn't see Tom Hiddleston anywhere, but no. Well, that took place in the 70s. Well, so now they're like 40 years old. People who are from the 70s are still alive. Yeah, I know, but Many they also of them look. Are. T- Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. from the 70s uh-huh. doesn't look like Tom Sill has. Oh, You've never seen a computer. You don't know what they can do. <laughs> <laughs> you think they're going to just... They're, they hired Tom Hiddleston yeah, and I mean, Brie Larson <laughs> and aged them up. Okay. I do think that. Yeah. That, I, that's the way to do it. Anyway, you were saying about this movie. Look, I like this movie. I'm glad I, you did. 
I didn't necessarily love it. And from the trailers, I thought maybe this was going to transform me. I thought the airing yeah. that you heard on last podcast would <laughs> no longer be here after seeing this I movie. I fervently prayed for that. <laughs> I thought I'd be here like, listen, my children. Yeah. Godzilla, king of the monsters. You know, but you're, no. you're being melodramatic, but I... I no, also, I'm not. I okay. really... Like, watching those trailers, I thought, like, this, this... The trailers make it look like old, like, Renaissance paintings yeah. Yeah. of just fire and yeah. water and lightning everywhere. Whoever, and whoever cut the trailer... I know it's, like, a dumb cliche to be like, whoever made the trailer should have made the movie, but I do sort of feel like the trailers... They killed it. Yeah. The trailers really emphasized, like, the beauty of it and some really yeah. great shots and made it seem like a totally different kind of movie. Yeah. So when I got there and it was more, like sci-fi channel original like standard yeah you fare. liked it less than me i just there's there's a certain character in this movie that i did hate yeah kind of wanted the same thing to happen to them as i did in the she, blue mars yes, this was a terrible character mm -hmm. and there's a long speech they kind of forget that she's a terrible character by the end they're sort of like i, yeah. I don't know i want to be like that's the villain yeah. that's the main villain there's a long speech in this movie that I'm usually I'm like all right just get to the monsters but this time I was just like shut up 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 and there's a PowerPoint during this long speech it's like when did you put this PowerPoint together there's just everything everything they say is attached to the image they're like our seas are rising it's like click yeah it's like you had this at I guess maybe they'd have it planned if they were gonna tell everybody but then their plan yeah the the villains plans are to have the monsters destroy everything. But then it turns out the monsters are destroying everything the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, what did we do? It's like, that's... Shut up. <laughs> now, I have a question for you. Okay. The image that you're showing on the stream is of the movie novelization. Yes. Does that mean we're going to get this in the collection? I, this is... they. So, Men in Black yeah. and Godzilla have adult novelizations coming. And I, I know you're big into your you novelizations. I love novelizations. I don't want to read the novels of either of those movies, but mm. I almost feel like I have to just so they you know. You read the Battleship novelization when you won't read a Godzilla novelization? Yeah. You should probably read the 2014 novelization then. Is there one? I don't know. I guess I should. The, the first movie did scale pretty well, but I stand by that it was a boring piece of crap. Huh. So. Bold. <laughs> and you also saw Aladdin, which you... I didn't like. Didn't like. No. So we had opposite. Each their own. Uh, I did read a few things. So here, let me see. Uh, I finished an X Men title because again, we're talking about X Men next week. But uh, you were so excited for your X Men spotlight. X Men Misfits by Raina Tugemeyer. I've read this. Raina, who I also have run into at conferences mm -hmm. a couple of times. Uh, this was fun. It's only it's yeah. a one and done thing, mm -hmm. and clearly more were intended. Yeah. Because the end of it is like coming up in volume two. Yeah, it's crazy. It's and there's just no volume two, so I don't know why it didn't I don't happen. We'll have to figure this out before next week. Yeah, but I liked it. I thought it did a good job of taking the X Men characters in the universe and transporting into a different yeah. like, genre and style. And it really like it felt different, so it didn't just feel like, look, it's the X Men with different yeah. illustrations. Well, it's yeah, but it's, it did manage to keep the tone. It's it's the it's in a manga style. It, I it, said yeah, that. it's a manga book. Xavier School is an all boys school. Kitty yeah. Pride is now the first girl right. going to this school, so it's very much in that like manga anime trope where like an, a kind of bookish girl has all these beautiful and handsome boys just falling in love with her, um, and, and it is it's funny. You have. Um, you have like Colossus is like a uh, a steam engine yeah, kind yeah. of design, which yeah. just cracks me he, up. He reminds me of like TikTok from the Wizard of Oz books. Yeah, it's so it's fun, but yeah, it's too bad. My yeah. wife really liked this. I like this. It's it's too bad. I would have followed it going. absolutely. So I read that. I read another graphic novel called Star Trek: The Next Generation, The Hive. Uh, this Look, Nick I and I are not equal Star Trek fans. I would definitely say I'm a bigger Star Trek fan than Nick. I concede that. Yes. Is that Seven of Nine? It is on seven the cover. Of nine. It is Seven but of Nine. But this is a next gen book. I know. 
So this book is a Borg story. It's a time-traveling Borg story. Uh, and what was so weird about it was that it did really huge things, like killed prominent characters and changed a lot of things. Uh-huh. So it, it felt more like an Elseworlds kind of this story. This is a comic? Yeah. Okay. Because, like those characters can't be dead, you right. know, like in the main, so right. it was an odd, it was an odd thing. So it was fine. Uh, so seven and nine, is she a villain in this or is she, no. so the time travels gets her from Voyager here. The, okay. The, the story is set <laughs> in the future when earth uh-huh. has been totally wiped out by the Borg. Okay. And Picard, who in the series gets transformed to Locutus, a Borg right. character anyway, uh, does some time travel to kind of get things back on track. Oh, That's okay. the overall premise. Sounds cool to mm-hmm. me anyway. Should have been. Oh, that's the Borg Queen from yeah, First, uh, contact. First Contact. Yeah. So this book is just like pulling out all the great. Doing whatever it wants. Yeah, she's doing whatever it wants. Does lore show up? <laughs> no, no lore. What? Uh, then let's see what else. Oh, I read Veronica Mars, Mister Kiss and Tell. You finished it. I finished it. Yes, all right. I Are did. you gonna read and tell? Ah. <laughs> so the first one of these, Million Dollar Tan Line, I think it was called. Ooh. I loved. I thought it was really good. Nailed the characters. The story was good. Mystery was compelling. Uh, this one less so. It felt. Mm. I guess it felt kind of like a bad episode of the TV show, which is not what you want. But it was so reliant on callbacks to past episodes or the movie or even the first book that it was like, okay, but can we focus on this story? Yes, I remember that episode too. So it was really bogged down with its own like history. Hmm. And it wasn't a very long book anyway. And so it just, the, the central mystery was not engaging and was solved basically it, there was no like misdirections or mis like leads right. really. It was just kind of like, here's the solution, the end. Okay, sorry, man. Didn't like that so much, but uh, this was the last Veronica Mars thing before the new oh. the new uh, series, which is starting right. next month on Hulu. Uh, so I of course watched the original sh- series, watched the movie, mm-hmm. then these two books, Million Dollar Tan Line and uh, Mister Kiss and Tell. Uh, take place after the the reboot movie, mm-hmm. and the creator and everybody has said that these these books matter that they're Mm. canon that it's part of things going forward things that happen in the books will be reflected in the new series and all that stuff so if you're a veronica mars fan you'll probably be fine to just watch the new series but if you want to dig in it's just a two book series we have them here we can send them wherever your library is so check them out if you're interested that was veronica blue mars (sighs) hey yeah by kim stanley robinson (laughs) yep uh, and that's all that I read. I'm currently reading Master and Commander. No, <laughs> Master. <laughs> Somebody just checked out Master and Commander. Uh, Master and Apprentice. Oh, really? Good for Russell Crowe. I know. <laughs> By uh, Claudia Gray. This is a Qui-Gon Obi-Wan Kenobi. Are you uh, reading it or listening to it? Uh, a little bit of both. Oh. The audiobook, though, I will say, what I've listened to in the audiobook, we have the CD and it's also on Overdrive and Livy. The guy doing the narration, his Liam Neeson is flawless. <laughs> you absolutely cannot tell. Yeah, that's pretty good. If if you told me that Liam Neeson just went in and recorded that dialogue, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even bat an eye. I'd be like, yeah, of course he did. Yeah, you had me listen to a little bit of it. His, his Obi-Wan's a little too light, it yeah, sounds but like. Yeah, he's getting it. Like yeah. he's, he's capturing the, the, the feel. It's yeah. not a perfect. But, but I think right. the Qui-Gon, side by side, oh, you, yeah. you would it's, not be able to tell crazy. them apart. It's weird. Um. But yeah, my wife listened to all of this and yeah. she loved it. You, you're because you get sound effects too, sound yeah, effects you do and music. Sound effects and music. So that's cool. Yep. Yeah, I'm reading this in a book club with some friends, and uh, so far everybody's loving it, loving the yeah. audiobook. How do you like Master and Commander with Russell Crowe? I've never seen it. Really? Yeah. You'd like it. Not a Russell Crowe fan. So. You'd like the movie though. Okay. It's old timey. Wow. Bold statement. <laughs> uh, let's see. So I'm reading Master and Apprentice, and then I'm reading a Star Trek graphic novel called Star Trek Starfleet Academy. Mm-hmm. And that's it for me. How's, reading reading how's wise, it? Uh, it's okay. 
It's pretty good. I kind of forgot about this because we have the whole 13-volume series downstairs. <laughs> we sure And do. then there's a the three-volume series called Boldly Go. And this was just kind of an offshoot mm-hmm. of, the t- of their time in the Academy. So I don't know if it's technically a YA graphic. I don't know. But, yeah, it's fine. Okay. Set right. in the Academy with the characters you know and love. So Star Trek, is Starfleet Academy fun? Is I, it like... My application was rejected. <laughs> so, <laughs> But, I mean, like, whenever they show Starfleet Academy, does yeah. it seem like how we see other, like, genre schools where it's like oh i wish that was real it seems serious seems busy i ultimately mm-hmm. uh was glad that i was rejected because <laughs> they don't have a soccer team and oh you know, I'm, all right i'm yeah. so into soccer yeah. and uh, again fifth and sixth yeah. grade with soccer well you know what soccer is really just an earth sport fluga gurgle is much more of a like galaxy uh, yes. sport so yeah. that i makes actually lettered sense. in that i lettered in fluga gurgle <laughs> <laughs> in high school yeah That's i good. did i did also coach Husinga coached that as well so hey coach coach fluga gurgle yeah oh he nice. coached fluga <laughs> yeah yeah i can't keep track of the rules in that though no 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 it's oh. hard well they're always changing they're yeah. always changing depending yeah. on the the color card that's yeah. shown <laughs> Yeah, that's Flurgo Gurgle again. Yeah, everyone. classic We're not talking soccer. Everybody knows. Yep. So, yep. Earth needs to get over itself. Yeah. And join the greater. Join the Flurgo Gurgle. <laughs> gurgle. Yeah. All right. You want to talk? Uh, How many times are you supposed to say gurgle in that game? <laughs> gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. You can say it once. Okay. And they know what you're talking about. Yeah. But you, I think you're just supposed to keep going until the okay. other party politely interrupts you. I think if it if it's if you say gurgle in there, Flurgo Gurgle, an even number of times, mm-hmm. it's a mixed doubles situation. That's like in true. tennis. Yeah. Like in tennis. Yeah. But anyway. So. Oh, that's that's it for me and my yeah. bookmark. Okay. No, I'm talking the New York Times bestsellers list. I sure do. Tell well, me, tell I got me a little what's twist. going on. I got a little twist. <gasps> We're going to do the young adult. Ay, ay, ay. You just turned into Data from oh, Power Rangers? no. What'd I say? You said Data. It's Alpha for Power oh, Rangers. Oh, Alpha, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Somebody doesn't like Power Rangers over Darn here. It. You don't even know the Power Rangers. Don't say that. Eric loves Tommy. He's Tommy's favorite. No, I'm not. Tommy showed up and just started messing things up for everybody. Made everything good. Nobody needed that bad boy routine. Eric loves Tommy. That Nick Gunning routine now that we call it. Oh, (laughs) your insult to me is that I'm the Tommy, the heartthrob that everybody loved. He's not the heartthrob. Okay. All right. Jason was obviously the heartthrob. Him and Kimberly were obviously supposed to be together. And Tommy came in and screwed everything up for everybody. If your favorite flavor of ice cream is vanilla, then I'm sure you and Jason will be very happy together. You know what? What? Jason had the T-Rex Zord. He had a sword. Overcompensating much, Jason? Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, we all have dinosaur Zords. And then Tommy's like, oh, yeah, I have a dinosaur Zord. It's a dragon. Yeah. Yeah, okay, Tommy. And then it was like a tiger Zord when he was... When yeah. he was the White Ranger. Yeah. Oh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Sure. Yeah, that dragon right. short. Right. It's just like, oh, Tommy's dad isn't okay. around, I guess. I accept your apology. So go ahead and <laughs> apology. The, I accept it. Go ahead. Young adult bestseller list. All right. You are forgiven. I don't know what I'm being forgiven for. Doesn't matter. All right. Uh, number 10, The Fork, The Witch, and The Worm by Christopher And The Paolini. Wardrobe. Oh, who wrote like Aragon and stuff? Yeah, this I don't know about those books, but that movie's terrible. Yeah, I haven't seen it. It is a terrible movie. Yeah, I remember getting some bad reviews. Yeah, that is Jeremy uh, Irons. Jeremy that. Irons. That's a that's a paycheck performance for <laughs> for Jeremy Irons. Yeah. Kyle Chandler was busy, so they got Jeremy Irons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, three stories set in the magical world of Alagasea. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's the Aragorn. Gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. Uh, so that's been up here for nineteen weeks. <laughs> Boy, yeah. I've never read those. Those books are still they still get checked out. I don't think they're I think they're much past their. Uh, they're prime, mm-hmm. obviously, in terms of interest, but there are still kids who come in and yeah. want to read. We got it for the, the latest Aragorn book. <laughs> yeah, that poor like kid. That. Yeah, that poor kid. Yeah. 
Uh, number nine, two weeks on this list, Stepsister by Jennifer Donnelly. The ugly stepsister Isabel's story is told in this twist on Cinderella. You read that like Christopher Walken over there. Did I? A little bit. All right. Uh, All no, right. So this is about stepsister. I thought we. I thought the fairy tale bubble yeah, had I did burst. Too. But this here is it is a little late. Yeah. But I guess it's on the New York Times bestseller list. Yeah, but it's only been here for two weeks. Jennifer Donnelly's a name. Yeah. So maybe this won't stay here that long. Whoa. The gauntlet has been thrown by the Red Ranger. <laughs> Look <laughs> <Okay>. out. <laughs> Look if the out. Red Ranger threw the gauntlet, you better run. Yeah. Classic Billy over here. His co- you know, his his color is red. Yeah. That's but the you're, best you're, color. You're the Blue Ranger on a I'm, good day. I'm not. You're the Blue Ranger on a good you day. You know what <laughs> Billy's one of Billy's episodes was about? What? He got a B minus. Wow. And like Bulk and Skull were like, you know what B stands for, Billy? Bad. Uh, and oh Billy was no. like, oh no, what if it does? Yeah, classic Billy. And th- that's what he had to learn that it's okay to get a B plus or yeah. something. It's like, shut up, yeah, Billy. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, Jason's out there lifting weights, and Kimberly's like, oh, I don't care, because Tommy's here. Tommy's here. Yep. Tommy doesn't care about rules. He's yep. always late for class. Yeah, he sure is. Tommy don't make. Oh. Had that long hair. Forget about it. <laughs> He had he did the long mullet hair that yeah. was also braided. Yes. <laughs> it's like, You're right. One. Hey, I didn't say Tommy was perfect. <laughs> All right. Darn near. <laughs> okay. Um number eight. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Uh, number eight, the red scrolls of magic. Yes. What about them? The Red Scrolls of Magic by Cassandra Clare and Wesley Chu. Uh, Wesley Shu. I would be more excited if you said Wesley Snipes. Magnus and Alec must track down the Crimson Hand cult. I don't understand how Crin- uh, Cassandra Clare is still killing it. I, actually, I don't either. I had actually thought about moving, and I didn't, so everybody calm down. Just relax, everyone. Calm down. Everyone relax. But I had thought about moving uh, Cassandra Clare's young adult books to the adult section because the only people I see check them out anymore are adults. Yeah. And I was just like, I guess the fan base just grew up and then was never replaced, yeah. it seems like. Well, listen, these books, like anytime I work in the youth desk and we get a question about these, and you're right, it's less and less, but when we used to, mm-hmm. it was like, oh no, that's book two of the first yeah. series, offshoot, yeah. second yep. part. And it's just like... It's nonsense. You, it's impossible to follow. Yeah, you have absolutely. to be a devotee to follow these things. Yep. So, well, and, and you're talking to a guy who can understand the Beatles discography, and I can't figure out which Cassandra <laughs> Clary book to read next. Number seven. Um, this will be interesting to Nick. The U.S. album served a purpose, mm-hmm. is all I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway, this will be of interest to me. Three weeks on the list uh, with The Fire on High by Elizabeth Acevedo. She wrote. Yeah, she did. Poet X. Poet X. That's right. Uh, Amani juggles school, work, and motherhood while pursuing her dream to become a chef. Actually, because my microphone's right in the way, I, uh, I thought it was going to be her dream to become a thief. I was like, this book cool. is completely different than that what I thought fun. it was. You know, we talk all about Poet X with special guest Malik back in episode 191. Mm-hmm. Soundcloud.com slash all the books that or was wherever a, you find your podcast. That was a poetry-centered Poetry, episode. yeah. We did that. We did love poems for married yeah. people as well. Uh, number six, On the Come Up by Angie Thomas. Bree strives to become a hip-hop star despite numerous obstacles. Hard to go. break. Hard to break into the music industry these days. That's, that's you got to know someone. Is the yeah. thing you have to know someone. Can I? Can I tell Jay-Z's you something? Jay Z's a billionaire. Did you know that? Who? Forbes just announced that Jay Z is a billionaire. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Awesome. I guess I'm not too surprised that's by awesome. that. I did. I guess I didn't know he had become one, but that's yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Hey, what's next on the New York Times bestseller list? <laughs> Number five is again, but better by Christine Rico. Uh, Shane attends a semester of college in London for a fresh start. 
Well, that's all what all colleges first start. Maybe. Which is usually should why. Be. Yeah, it should be. Which is usually why you make a mess out of your first year. Yeah. <laughs> Freshman 15, anyone? Oh, you mean the weight. Did you gain weight? Did I, did I gain weight in college? In college? No. You didn't? Sorry. Did you lose weight in college? No, I maintained it. But Good for you. I, I was going to the... We had a gym right yeah. next to my dorm, so I was oh, going there on the regular. Yeah. And I was just moving all swing around Swing dancing, all the time. as I recall. Swing dancing, Doing yeah. a lot of swing dancing. That, that builds up a sweat. Uh, so does the algebra exams, am I right? You were, you were taking algebra in college? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was taking college math. Okay. I took one math class in college, passed, and never had to do it again. I remember so clearly my last math class. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm done. Uh-huh. Not that we at the David A. Hill Public Library are advocating right. not taking Listen, math seriously because math is important. It's true. I got a C plus on my final, like my final grade for math. Yeah. I was never happier in my life because I was like, I never have to do this again. That was your peak of happiness. No, not my... (laughs) That's a sad story. Oh, uh, Kingsbane is at number four, everybody. (laughs) By Claire Legrand. And that is a plant that will kill a king. Yes. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, Two queens separated by a millennium are connected by a prophecy. Hmm. Do you know one of the, the least, my least favorite things in any story, my least favorite storytelling device? Hold on, hold on. I'm seeing a prophecy. It's yes, prophecy. it's prophecy. Okay. And what really cemented that was the Matrix sequels. Mm. All the prophecies about the one. It's like, okay, well, this is, it's so annoying because either it's going to come true yeah. and then we're just having everybody tell us about it and then just like, oh, that's what mm-hmm. they said. Okay. Or it doesn't come true and it's just a waste of time. Wow. I hate prophecy. Yeah. I hate fake and real prophecies yeah. and movies i'm with you okay uh number let's get through this number three is children <laughs> of blood and bone by tommy adaman uh Adami. uh zili fights to restore magic to the land of orishia this is getting a sequel very soon okay um the hate you give is at number two by angie thomas wow. 117 weeks two two in the top 10 for yeah. angie thomas yeah she's on the come up oh yeah mm-hmm. okay uh number one is five feet apart by Rachel Lippicott and Mike Dowtry and Thomas. Okay, do, he, Nick is putting his hand right next to my. No, it's trying. not five feet. My, it's like two inches away. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Stella and Will are in love, but they can't Stella. get within. <laughs> they can't get within five. Two inches feet. Oh, five, five feet, feet of feet, each other. Five feet. So okay. this got that movie with Cole Sprouse. Yeah, Jughead. Where they were. They can't. they have a five sick, feet apart. Right, they're sick, and so if they get too close, it's fatal. Yeah, so they're, they're the in world. love. Um, I don't think the movie did like gangbusters in terms of box office numbers. I don't think so either. But this book has done pretty well. We have mm-hmm. we got the movie covered in time for it as well, and that has also checked out. Great. So I guess I don't know how these like young adult movies they keep happening, not making tons of money, but then the books do well. Are people just not going to the theaters? Maybe just waiting till they're streaming. Or there whatever. you go. Yep. Nick figured it out. Hey. Yep. You know Netflix what I call that? Read prophecy. <gasps> Was that number one? Yeah, that was number one. Okay. But you know what? In another way, you're number one. You know what? Now that we're doing all these sports-themed episodes, (laughs) (laughs) we're going to need a sports theme. All these sports themes. All of these sports themed episodes. So you're saying after this specific, yeah, our first sports themed episode, our future sports themed episodes. We're going to find people who've read baseball books. Yes. Football books. Yes. Golf books? Have I read any of the... Uh, that YA book I brought to the table that one time was the Mike book. That was a tennis book. Mike Lupica. You know what? You, no, not... <laughs> what did you just say? You you bring a lot to the table. <laughs> that was pure nonsense. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So Mike we don't... Lepica, who is that? That's an author. No, but the book was called Mike. 
Remember, Mike oh. has the imaginary heckler or fan. Yes, I remember that. Heckler or fan. Those are two different types. I know the one you mean. We also we have a series. We have a series by that author. Okay. Hey, that are all sports themed. So it actually. Okay. Look at that. I mean, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good segue right there because we're going to be talking about sports books because as we as we were going through this talking about it like I we I mean we didn't really I've seen some soccer movies I guess I guess I've seen soccer movies yes I saw as a child I saw Ladybugs with uh-huh. Rodney Dangerfield he's like you're gonna come play on a girls team you know yeah the cover says getting respect is one big goal <laughs> <laughs> okay that did it for it's you a- <laughs> so it's Rodney Dangerfield yep. The mom from uh, Mr. Belvedere okay. and Jonathan Brandis. And right. he makes Jonathan Brandis dress like a girl and play soccer on the girls' soccer team. Mm-hmm. That's it. I, I saw, I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, I've seen Kicking and Screaming with, with Will, Will Ferrell. Ferrell. Yeah. I like Kicking that and so- Screaming. Is, is like soccer a big deal in that? It's all about soccer. He's like a soccer coach. Right. But yeah. I guess I I just assumed like maybe soccer wasn't really the show in that one. No, it's it's mostly like, I mean, it's like kids soccer. He's okay. like coaching a kids soccer team, but it's all soccer. That's Do you like fun. it? Yeah, it's a good I've time. I've seen that one. It's a good time. What about you? Tigers? Yeah. Is Leah Romini in that? She sure should be. I'm not, <laughs> I can't remember. Okay. What about you, soccer movies? Uh, I have also seen Ladybugs. I saw The Big Green. That was kind of oh, a bigger never, one as a kid. Yeah. I've never seen The Big that, Green. That uh, had Steve Gutenberg in it. Mm. I just found out. I didn't know that. The Goot. But yeah, he's in that yeah. one. So that was one of those. Police to get Mahoney. Yeah, I think it was chasing the uh, Mighty Ducks. Oh. The Mighty Ducks. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know. What did you chase there? Tails. Tails. Duck tails. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> All um, right, we've peaked. Yeah. So, and then I think that's it. I've never seen Ben and Like Beckham. No, I haven't seen it either. I've never seen uh, Playing for Keeps. No. Which you have on your desk. Yeah, I have. I, watch. I didn't, never, didn't never watched Invinci- Invictus. Invictus. Yeah, I didn't want to see Invictus. Or, um, I don't know. But but one. you see, folks, you see the problem that we have here. Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of expertise in this field. So yeah. listen, I, I'm going to need to make a call here. Oh, go ahead, okay. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. You go ahead. Let's do it. Dial him up. Bring, 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 bring. Well, I'm I'm here with a special guest from my past, really. Uh, Chris Casale is on the line. Chris, say hi. Hi. <laughs> there it is. I'm trying to think. When was the last time that you and I actually like saw each other and or spoke? Would it have just been like in school? Yeah, I th- probably. I think so. I uh, think it's been like 15 years almost. Didn't you graduate like a year ahead of me? Or I, gra- I graduated in 05. Yeah, I was 06. So yeah, yeah, so right there. 05 is probably the last. Well, because you were around. I was. Yeah, I was. Yeah, my wife was still in school, so I, yeah, I was right there. So I'm sure we so crossed long. paths. And. Uh, years. Yeah, this uh, this came across in a in a funny way. I, Eric, I don't even know if I told you this story, but basically, Chris, tell me again. I will on Facebook. Uh, Chris just happened to say that he's read forty three soccer books. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I I own forty three. Own. Read more. You've read more. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so oh, forty three is just a baseline. So this. So if you had to <laughs> if you had to guess the total number, what would it be? Uh, it's it's probably like fifty or so. You know, I try to buy all the ones that. Uh, you know, I read. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, superficial that way, I guess. <laughs> I don't want to read it. Read it on the ebook or whatever, yeah, yeah. and not own it physically. So. Oh no, I get uh, that. Not, not a little bit. Not a lot higher, but a little bit. Okay. All right. Still quite a lot. Yeah. Really. I mean, that's that's a pretty impressive number. And you were you were saying when we were talking that you, that you got into this, you got into reading soccer books when you were in South Korea. Is that right? Yeah. So um, I guess. You know, in, in college and high school, you're kind of required to read a lot of things. And, and for me, I did the minimal amount. And so I, was, I wasn't, wasn't big into reading. Uh-huh. And then 
was in South Korea and was teaching English. And actually, we were doing the the Les Miserables book or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, hey, this is a pretty good story. So I went to the bookstore, and there's like a small section of uh, English books, uh-huh. and I found it, and I bought it, and it turns out that the actual book is incredibly long. Oh, and yeah. Just, it was, yeah, and I was like, oh, I got about halfway through. Me too, wow. me too. I read about 700 pages of that book and was like, no, that's it for me. <laughs> yeah, I just, I mean, it was, uh, sentences are like a page long. Yep. I was just like, man, oh, good grief. So yep. but then I went back to the store, and I realized that there were soccer books. I was like, hey, I like soccer. So I started reading them. And then, you know, I just, when I kind of figured out that you could actually read things that you enjoyed. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a helpful fact. And now <laughs> here we are 50 books later and you, yeah. you made the mistake of saying this on Facebook. And so yeah. I, <laughs> I couldn't pass up the chances. This will easily be the first in nearly 200 episodes that we dedicate to any kind of sport. Wouldn't you say, Eric? Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, Chris, we need your expertise. So, uh, for for our listeners, what I, what I asked Chris to do was kind of wade through these fifty books and give us not his favorites, not the very best, but just some suggestions on books that uh, might be interesting to people who who are interested in soccer, interested in the topic, and want to dig in. So, why don't we go through this a little bit, Chris? I know you you gave me some uh, subjects that you've read uh, quite a bit in, and why don't we start with numbers or analytics? So, somebody somebody who's interested in that aspect of soccer, where would you where would you direct them? Well, I guess you know, like maybe the most uh, famous one or whatever is like the. Um, Soccernomics, but I picked um, Numbers Game by Chris Anderson and David Sally. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's kind of like Moneyball slash Freakonomics. Um, you know, they looked at a lot of uh, games over the you know the five or six biggest leagues in Europe, and they analyzed the statistics and kind of things. They they took um, you know I guess the subtitle is why everything you know about soccer is wrong. So <laughs> does the home team get more penalties? Okay. Does the home team win more? What time should you bring on a sub? Um, you know, <laughs> is is soccer a game of luck, or does the, the best team actually have a better chance of winning? You know, things like this. And then they they just have tons of data, and they just break it down. And, you know, they've looked at you know, fifteen years worth of five or six leagues, so it's you know thousands of games, and and they answer those questions, um, and it's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, it sounds like it because it, it sounds like what they're doing is really like breaking it down and really just looking at the science of it, science and statistics and all that, and really um, kind of taking the emotion out of it and just saying, you know, here's exactly what works just based on the numbers. Yeah, yeah. So especially if you like that kind of uh, analytics or numbers kind of money ball style, then, then that would be a good one. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I mean, what, what do you, where do you tend to gravitate towards? Like in the 50 plus books, what, what style of book do you find yourself reading the most of? You know, so I, I do like the money or the uh, analytics kind of stuff. Okay. Um, I also like the, the just kind of like stories. Um, you know, cause I, I think, you know, people are, are mildly familiar with, with, Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo or the Premier League or something, but there's a lot of stories, and I'll talk about one or two of the books later, of just like kind of average people and soccer stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's that's my life. Obviously, I'm not a Premier League soccer star or anything, so you know, <laughs> You're I, not. I can more more relate to those kind of uh, stories. And it's just uh, yeah, those are those are the ones I kind of like the most. But 
Okay. The number stuff is, is quite fascinating too. Okay. So the one the, the one that would top your list here was the numbers game by Chris Anderson and David Sally, but you also mentioned uh, money and soccer, uh, soccernomics and soccermatics, right? Those were those were kind of your tops. Yeah, yeah, those are those are other ones I've read that are really good too, okay. and and you know they're very similar. Um, I know we we actually we have soccernomics here in our collection, so if anybody local can come in and check out soccernomics, uh, let's take a look at some biographies. And I think you said that you weren't uh, biographies weren't your favorite in this genre. Is that right? Yeah, and I guess it's just because I haven't really really read a lot of them. I think one or two of the first ones I picked up tended to not be very good. Okay, um, and so I've just kind of stayed away from them a little bit. Like I've. Um, I'll read a book called like the managers and it's, it's not about one manager. It's about five or six and they talk about different, you know, what's your philosophy to, to training or something. And, and they'll kind of interview each of them. And so you get a, oh, okay. a broader perspective. Um, and so the one I picked was uh, Jose Mourinho, mm-hmm. uh, the, spe- the special one, the secret world of Jose Mourinho. Um, and he's one of the best coaches in the world. Um, you know, people may argue that he's losing a little bit of his step, but he used to coach Chelsea, and that's my team. So, um, you know, I was familiar with him, and he's very much of a love him or hate him kind of uh, coach. Oh, okay. Like, he, like would, he would use the press conferences to attack referees or the, the Premier League itself, or, you know, the FA, the administration, or, you know, the other coaches and stuff. And so he was really good at getting the pressure off his team by making everybody talk about him or oh. you know some other other idea okay so kind of um, a misdirect yeah and and he has like a rivalry with another famous coach uh pep guardiola and you know i think jose's kind of one of those characters that's always trying to prove that he is the best and he is worthy of this and so he you know puts a lot of pressure on him and doesn't always act you know the same as other coaches mm-hmm. so it was, very, it was very interesting into kind of his insight so in any time you have a book like this, it's about a, a polarizing figure. The book sort of has to come down on one side or the other. So does the book end up being pro or con? Um, I think it's it's almost a little bit con. Really? You know, it, it, it's yeah, it's almost kind of like um, scathing. <laughs> yeah. That he is that he is kind of a I don't want to say whiny, but <laughs> almost that he's like he's kind of let that that feud or whatever, that like personal quest kind of get the better of him. potentially. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So they really highlight that as opposed to like, in, I don't know, some other coaches that might be able to just to let that kind of go yeah. and just um, be themselves and let the success speak for itself. Huh. Like he's really like has to prove to everybody, you know? So yeah. I think, author was kind of like well he's a little bit crazy it's it's always i'm always curious in that it like did the author set out sort of thinking that or you know did doing the research and you know getting to know him a little bit better did they end up having a different perspective so yeah that that sounds like a good pick as far as biographies go uh if we go back a little further like well what about let's talk some soccer history what would you recommend uh, or what you know what are you suggesting as a good uh, soccer history book Oh, so there's there's a lot, uh, and the best title. I don't know if you'll have to edit this out or not, but the <laughs> no, best no. title that I've that I've read is is uh, Those Feet: The Sensual History of English Football. That was a, just a just a great title. <laughs> um, <but laughs> That'll move some books, absolutely. Yeah, 
you guys need to add that to your library. There you go. I agree. Um, <laughs> but I think I think I picked Brilliant Orange, yeah. which is about um, the neurotic genius of Dutch soccer. And I guess the reason I, I picked that one is that it's it's not just a history of soccer. It doesn't just go like 1919. This guy won the league in 1920. This okay. team. You know, it, it's it also deals with um, kind of the the culture and. I guess the psyche of the Dutch people and the Dutch were, were famous for creating a system called total football where every player could kind of move into and play in different positions. So you might have a defender who makes, he gets the ball and he just takes off on up the field. And so then he becomes like an extra attacker and he was comfortable and he could do that. And he was encouraged to do that. Interesting. And then if they turn the ball over or whatever, then, you know, the midfielders would kind of drop back and defenders would go over. And, and so you had a lot of players that just, it was not how it was done. Before that, you know, if you were a defender, you, you never crossed the midfield line. You just went up to the midfield line. Mm-hmm. The same way youth soccer does these days. But um, And it kind of talks about that and how, like, the Dutch, you know, so they thought about space differently because their country is different. You know, it's it's actually below sea level. And it's so densely populated, and they have all those systems of dikes and and uh, you know levees to protect their country from the sea level. And so the author is claiming, you know, because the people, you know, the Dutch people are already thinking about life differently. It you know it changes into every aspect. And he has some architecture in there, and how their architecture is different, and art is different, and then their football is different, their soccer is different. So it was uh, yeah, a very good. Um, you know, not just history, but it also has some other aspects that people might find enjoyable too. Yeah, it hmm. sounds fascinating, a little complex. How did you happen to come across this book? So for for a long time, uh, sadly, uh, soccer books were not easy to come by. Mm. And so it was kind of like whatever was in the store, especially in Korea, right? There <laughs> yeah, were yeah. so many English books, and then there were only so many sports books, and there were even fewer soccer books. So I think this one just happened to be one of the like four okay. and I had read the other three. So I just grabbed this one and, mm. um, you know, now you can, you know, um, we live uh, in Washington state. So we go down to Portland, Oregon and they have Powell books there, which is awesome. And, uh, they have a ton and Amazon has a ton of books and stuff. So, so the selections are better now. Oh yeah. Yeah. I wish I would have known that Eric and I were just uh, in Seattle at the uh, American Library Association conference just back in January. I wish I would have known you were there. Oh yeah. We could have met up. Yeah. Well, if we talk every more than what, every 13 yeah. years. <laughs> I guess that's, <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's talk tactics. Let's get into it. What, what, what do you suggest for somebody who's really interested in the tactics of the game? So I, I tried to pick one that is not a hundred percent like soccer. Uh-huh. Um, so it's called the Messiah Method, and I think it, it has to do with Messiah College, I believe, is in Pennsylvania. I'm not sure. Um, and they um, are, like, one of the most successful college teams across any NCAA division. I forget the exact statistics, but they have, like, a win percentage of, like, .922 or something, which is UN uh, University of North Carolina is .82. They're the highest Division One winning percentage, and they uh, Messiah College has won like the men have won eight of the eleven championships in like a ten year span in the early two thousands, and the women are you know similar. And so it, it, the author um, kind of breaks down like, well, well, what brings or what 
breeds that success, you know, because you have teams all over that are trying to, you know, it's harder to repeat a championship or to win a third championship in a row. And how do you keep that level of success? And the idea in this book is that they are, they're not trying to win. Um, Okay. They're trying to play the perfect game, which is nearly impossible. So there's always something to work on. So, okay, well, we won but we only completed 90% of our passes, so there's 10% of passes we can improve on. Or oh, wow. we only scored, you know, we had five shots, we scored on three of them. That's great. You know, most teams would be quite happy with mm-hmm. that, but we missed two of them, so what do we have to do? And then, you know, it's, it's broken down into different categories, which I think, you know, if you're someone who's interested in coaching at any sport, any level, you should read this book. I mean, there's just a lot of great things in there, but it's not the X's and O's, you know, so it's, um, when they have prospective freshmen come or prospective players come, mm-hmm. the whole team meets them and the whole team gets some input because that player would potentially be part of the team next year. So is the team chemistry going to gonna mesh? Oh, wow. Um, they're, very, they're very friendly. You know, they all attend everybody's weddings and stuff like this. Which, Interesting. You know, a lot of sports teams are like that, but um, they focus on character development. And, you know, Houghton College, you know, being a Christian college and stuff, we had aspects of that um and a story in this book is that i guess a rival team some of the girls were killed in a car crash some of the soccer players and so the messiah college girls you know they signed a banner and everything and sent it there and this college said that they were the the i think it was uh, maybe taylor university in, in indiana but i'm not sure okay that messiah college was the only college i guess that had sent you know or did something of that of that kind of condolences so that's a classy um, it's a it's a kind and classy thing to do so that's great yeah and you you would think that more people would kind of do that but you know this kind of just reflects on the character of the the players that are there and and you know how it um, builds a team and Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so yeah i really enjoyed that one and it's not just the x's and o's like i said yeah you know just kind of a so, it, like in your own experience, have you ever played or coached like using this Messiah, Messiah method? Because it seems like, I don't know, it seems like it could be very effective, but it also seems like it could be a little discouraging. You know, like if if your takeaway from victories is like, it was good, but it should have been better. You know, it seems like that could be difficult as well. Yeah, so I actually read this book. Um, I can't remember if it was during my last season coaching or at the end Okay. Or after I finished coaching, so I didn't really get to, to implement some of the stuff. Okay. Um, but I think if I were to go back and coach, you know, I would I would try to build or start off using a lot of these um, ideas. Um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be at a college level, so I wouldn't be bringing in right. freshmen or anything. Right. But <laughs> yeah, but the, the basic like, principles, sure. Yeah, they had a list of it was ten or twelve. Um, I forget what they call them, but they were agreements. All the players had to, you know, do these agreements. So things like, um, if you're not balanced and you're not, and you can't keep your shot down, you don't shoot. Hmm. Where a lot of times coaches are like, if, if you're inside 18 yards, you have to pull the trigger. You have to shoot. Oh, I see. And it's like, well, then you end up with these shots that go 70 yards above the net. Right. And so <laughs> that would be you know, me. Every, every, yeah. <laughs> So everybody knows these things and everybody talks about them. And, and if you don't do them, then you're, you're, you're yelled at, you're punished, whatever the, the thing is. Right? right. So, and I think that, you know, for myself coaching, that would be a good thing to kind of start implementing is okay. So we don't just shoot for the sake of it. You know, yeah. we, every, 
introduce these standards. Yeah, on it'd be more purposeful and yeah. everything. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, finally, we'd, we'd ask for some ideas, some suggestions you might have for things that are a little bit more just general interest. So if somebody, you know, hasn't read 50 soccer books as you have, but somebody who, who has an interest in, you know, might be, might be interested in picking one up, what, what are some things that you might suggest that are maybe more approachable? Well, so one of the, the early books I read, and I actually kind of cheated and watched the movie before reading the book. We'll uh, allow it. We'll allow it. <laughs> I know you were, you were talking about about movies, and this yeah. is a great soccer movie. I believe it's called Pelota, um, but the, the book is Finding the Game by Gwendolyn Oxenham. Okay. And um, she was, I guess, the youngest player in Division One when she started for Duke oh, really? or something, or she was the youngest leading scorer. I don't know. She scored, like, a bunch of goals. Apparently, she was a stud. And uh, her boyfriend played at Notre Dame, and so, you know, they have successful careers and they graduate and uh, he takes a job somewhere and she's kind of, I guess she had a degree in English or mm. something, but she decides, she's essentially around the apartment all day and is restless. So she comes up with this idea like, well, let's go travel the world and let's find pickup soccer. Like, oh. Let's not go to Barcelona and watch, you know, Barcelona or Real Madrid or, you know, these big massive clubs, but let's just go find the pickup soccer. So they get funding and everything, and they, they set off, and there's someone with a camera, and, and they go to Brazil, they go to a um, bunch of other countries in South America, they go to Europe, they go to um, Jamaica, I believe, they go to Israel, they go to uh, Iran, and so they're in a bunch of countries, and it's just, you know, they would just be walking down the street or whatever, and there's 10 guys playing, so they would just kind of watch for a little bit and then hop in. Wow. And, yeah, it was, it was just really cool because you also get travel. Yeah. You get culture. Um, when she's in Iran, the law is that you, women are not allowed to play sports or something, so she's not, you know, she has, there's a chapter in there where she's struggling with her boyfriend, like, should she even ask to play if mm. he's opposed to it? Or right. she's like, you know. Uh, just kind of drawn in, and I won't tell you how it ends. So you'll have to read it, but um, yeah, it's just it was a really cool story about soccer. But soccer is like almost not the main thing. Yeah. Like there's a lot of culture and travel in there, yeah. which is really really cool. Yeah, it sounds like soccer is the thing that sort of drives the narrative forward, but maybe it's not like the primary point of the book. Yeah, that sounds interesting. So that's that's finding the game by Gwendolyn Oxenham. Is that right? Yeah, and so I think that people that you know, just enjoy reading, especially if you have any interest in, in travel or, or cultures would kind of would enjoy that one too. And then um, I'll mention two others. Okay. Pelota. Soccer Dad by W.D. Weatherell. I don't know. Apparently he's a famous, or not famous, but some sort of American author. Okay. Maybe you've heard of him. It's not familiar to know. me, but... <laughs> well, he writes other stuff too, but this one is like a memoir... Uh, his son is a soccer player, and so it's, you know, I think it's his son's last season, his senior year of high school, and his dad, you know, kind of uh, writes about the away games and sitting with the fans, and, you know, there's things in there about, you know, as a dad where um, he would play soccer with his son, but then he talks about the point where his son became better than him. Mm. And, you know, you know, he re you have a child, I don't I do. You know, so you, you play games with them and yeah. you sometimes let them win or whatever, you know, and 
and then it, it, he's very honest when it comes to that point where like he's like i tried yeah <laughs> and my son beat me yeah. and at that point like there's a huge well not huge but there's a shift in the dynamic you know mm-hmm. you're like oh well i'm no longer that you know stud of a dad now my yeah. son is better but well, my son really has cool. my son has beat me at Uno, so I've had that humbling experience already. <laughs> well, my kids beat me at everything, okay. no matter what I try. So, it matter. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that one was soccer dad, and then you had one more. Yeah, it's uh, home and away, in search of dreams at the homeless World Cup of Soccer. Hmm. And so, um, I guess, and I never even heard of this until I read the book. But there's a World Cup of homeless people, and it's countries can enter the same way as the, the the top World Cup and your players have to be homeless and so huh. you know it, it uh there's stories in there they talk about the different players and some of their their kind of backgrounds and, okay. and so you get you get the human side of it right you, Absolutely. you kind of get attached to these players and then you you watch them or you read about them competing and then you're like oh man so that yeah, was a really uh, kind of touching touching story of yeah, the the other side of soccer, right? So I'm I'm I do read the top level stuff, but I also like to hear about some of the stuff that's you know not mainstream. Yeah, soccer and and just kind of see how soccer is going on in the world. So, well, that sounds. I mean, that that sounds really interesting, and I I appreciate you doing this because all of these. I mean, neither Eric nor I have read any of these <laughs> books or really anything like that. We were talking earlier about. Uh, I've read booked. Yeah, booked. Like Kwame Alexander. Booked. Are you familiar with that book? It's called Booked by Kwame Alexander. It's a it's a we get like a young adult book about a kid playing a little soccer. bit younger than that. Yeah, so. that's about the only oh, yeah. one that I've read. Uh, and I've always wanted to read a Fever Pitch by Nick Hornby. Is that in one of your fifty? So I have actually not read that one. Mm. Um, it's just that there's a long list, and I just haven't got to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that that one that one also seems pretty good. Yeah, I'm sad that the movie. Got made in the U.S. about baseball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was a big day for us in Boston. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon, and yeah. yeah. Well, maybe when we but. do this again in 15 years, we'll both have read <laughs> <laughs> Fever Pitch. We go. can, we can do that. Well, Chris, thanks again for doing this. And I guess really this uh, this episode should serve as both a warning and a challenge to uh, old friends of both me and Eric. If you if you post on social media about your prolific reading, you you may just end up on a special <laughs> episode of the All the Book Show podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say that you guys must be pretty desperate for guests if you're taking me, but I did look through your list. You have over whatever, close to two hundred. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. I listened. I listened to one or two of them, and yeah, pretty good. Nice to you guys. Hey, we'll take it. Well, now now you've got about 194 other episodes to listen to. Now that we talked to Mike Nesmith, now we are a little. Yeah, yeah, that's where do we go? Yeah, we talked to one of the monkeys, and it was like, well, let's talk to one of my old college friends. I guess that's that's the best. Yeah. And, you know, well, yeah. I, I can speak to Chris's credit in this because when we were in college, he wore soccer jerseys almost all the time. <laughs> so That's true. Yeah, well, so that, that yeah. proves it right Nick there. wore pocket protectors. Yeah, po- I did not wear pocket protectors. <laughs> no, I did not. Yeah. He trimmed his underwear so the wedgies wouldn't hurt as much. No, but though, <laughs> though we did all stay up until at least 1 o'clock every night because uh, UPN was airing reruns of Star Trek Voyager. So <laughs> you're not yeah, far I off. Remember, I remember your... Uh, your Star Trek stuff. And we played a Star Trek video game. Absolutely. Star Trek Elite, Elite Force. Yeah, we I was did. pretty awful at that. We played yeah. that religiously. Yes, you sure were. <laughs> 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 well, All right. Well, hey, I'll let you go. This was this was great catching up, and we'll have to do it again sometime when we're not recording it. All right. Sounds good. Have a good day. <laughs> okay, you too. Bye. So which sport do you want to tackle next? 
I uh, think we're, we're, we're off to a strong start with our new sports-themed episodes. Yes. The one question. What sport have you watched the most movies for? Because, I mean, that's that's about as athletic as I can get. Football, <laughs> maybe? Really? I You've watched know. more football movies I mean, than any other sport. Friday Night Lights, Remember the Titans. Go uh, on. That's two. <laughs> no, I've seen Rudy. That's three. Uh-huh. There's probably more. Nick has answered his own question. Yeah, yeah I guess so. so. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, any listeners who like football books, then, what's, what's the football equivalent of Moneyball? Money different sh- differently shaped ball. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the least funny thing you've ever said. Oh really? All right. So, oh, really? uh, as I said, we've got some of the books that Chris mentioned in our system, and of course, we can always get all of the books that you want. So, if you see one that you want to read that we don't have in our collection, just let us know. We'll get it for you. We'll put it in your little hands. Uh, thanks again to Chris for for joining us and sharing his fifty plus uh, reading binge of soccer yeah. with us. Uh, some great suggestions in yeah. there, so hopefully you can pick some of those up. There's a couple that uh, that I was like, oh, I'd like to read that. There's kind of there's bookmarking f- that in my head. There's a few YA books as well. When he meant he was mentioning the one about uh, the homeless soccer league, yeah, it made yeah. me think of um, the Outcast United by Warren St. John. Mm. Um, it's the story of a refugee soccer team that changed the world. Okay, um, and it was an adult book, but we we have the adapted for young people uh, version in our collection. Great, and you have a book over there that I also brought upstairs. Oh, okay, called uh, Champions of Women's Soccer. Yes, by so basically, basically what happened was uh, I started looking through all our sports books that we have, trying to up up it because sports yeah. books tend to be really popular in this area. Oh, okay, and so I was getting you know baseball and. Uh, and football and soccer, soccer or, uh, hockey. Hockey is very popular around here. And I realized we just didn't have any soccer books, not any that have been printed in the past like 20 years. So I got a whole bunch, um, not just those two, but a whole bunch of like, you know, uh, everything you need to know about soccer, right. soccer for kids and all this stuff. So there's there's a lot out there. And they, once I started putting them on the shelves, they were really popular. Uh, so I guess we have a bigger soccer fan base in this yeah. area than maybe we had thought. So. Yeah. Interesting. Well, uh, just a reminder, the Women's World Cup is going to be running all throughout June. You can find more information about that at FIFA.com, F-I-F-A. This episode has been brought to you by the Women's World Cup and <laughs> Pepsi. Really? No. I don't think you can claim a sponsor that didn't No, we, us, so. Pepsi has nothing to do with us. No, you're right. But that's fine. We have nothing to do with them. Yeah. Actually, I just had a Pepsi for lunch. I know you did. So delicious. Okay, but now you're just giving them a free app. Oh, I don't think you should. Darn it. All right, library news. The book club is currently reading Leviathan Wakes, and then we're going to move on to our wife or adult book club, which we're doing, what's it called? The Loneliest Girl in the Universe. Oh. Don't ask me the author's name. The Loneliest Girl in the Universe. So yeah. that's what book clubs are going on. We've got mm-hmm. the Young Sisters coming back for a concert on June 13th. We've got a uh, oh, Grant, Ulysses S. Grant uh, impersonator coming to do an... What? I uh, What? <laughs> you, oh, yeah. Yeah, we have someone who comes in character as Ulysses S. Grant and does a whole presentation as Grant. He's very good. So he, he just it, gets up there and is like, hey, how's it going? I'm, a, I'm Ulysses S. Grant. I don't think that's what Grant sounds like, but yeah, that's the basic <laughs> idea. So that's on June 18th. And then after that, Music wow. on the Lawn is going to be rolling all throughout mm. the summer. So you got Music on the Lawn. Tuesdays mm-hmm. on the Terrace, where we serve lunch every mm. Tuesday on the back terrace, is starting in July. The book sale's coming. Ooh. Summer reading program's coming the end of June. Ooh. Things are about to get cracking here at the David A. Howe Public Library. Release the things that are about to get cracking. Crackin'. Release the cracking, <laughs> sure. Uh, so anyway, I think it's going to do it. Anything you want to mention in particular? Uh at your pause time. tells me no, no yes at the time of this release we're yeah. showing how to train your dragon three the hidden world did you see it no no one did <laughs> okay well other people in other places oh, saw it okay not us sure uh that's friday at 3 30 and that's gonna be the last uh after school movie 
until the, the summer. I mean, for until the summer, we're just showing back, yeah. uh, showing different films, and then yeah, yeah, until school comes back. Do keep an eye out on the library's webpage, davidahowlibrary.org, for information oh. about all of the many programming we're going to be doing for all ages over the course of the summer. Prizes to be won. Absolutely. What's the, do you know what the adult the adult prize? Yep, where we have the the bags. Everybody who signs up right. gets a special bag. Remember, they're banning plastic bags in New York State, so you want to get all of these bags to replace they're, the plastic bags. They're, they're going oh, away. Oh, okay, yes. Uh, and so also, uh, the grand prize is going to be a new Nook tablet. Oh, pretty exciting. Yeah. We've done that just about every year. And there's always a, we have people mm-hmm. who really want it. So yeah. this will be the year. This could be the year for you. The teen summer reading, the adult summer reading program, teen summer reading grand prize, uh, two winners are going to get a telescope. I know that's exciting. A lot yeah. of great teen prizes this year. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I had picked them. I think they're very good. Yeah. People will be interested. All right. So that's all coming up. I think that's going to do it for this week. Yeah. Oh, you still need to get me your signed photo for the other, like the second place oh, prize. I sign it. Yeah, I sign it's, it. It's your photo, and you need to sign oh, the autograph. Thank you. So it says director of the library, yes. and then whoever gets second that place gets a, that that's photo. A, that's a hot item. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks to my pal Chris Casali for sharing his <laughs> soccer knowledge with yes, us. Thank you. And we will see you next time.